This is the Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. Here we are again at the Humarian Health Podcast. See, I can say it really well. Who said it so well? <laughs> Humarian Health Podcast. And we're really we're together today, just just Dr. Benzinger and myself. That's right. Amy Baker. And we're going to uh, be talking about stress because nobody has that ever. And so we want to learn more about it. Well, yeah. I, and I think we should uh, have a long discussion because we say the term and we don't know what it means. In fact, I think we, we do should have a, a lot short discussion. It stresses me uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me any questions about stress. Okay. Um, but we're actually going to be doing a series, a series talking about um, stress and then eventually we'll move into how your emotions are formed. And we're going to talk about I don't um, have those. Uh, shame and Emotions. guilt patterns in your life and Ooh. what that is like. Um, and the only reason why we're doing it is because we, um, uh, Amy was so kind to help me with a presentation last year that I put on for my um, uh, patients. And it was this series of four months <clears throat> covering these topic matters. And um, probably, and I've done many, many seminars and many radio programs over the years, uh, I, I don't think I've heard so much positive feedback or so much, so much information of that's life-changing content. No one's talking about this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we decided that we should sit down, and Amy is the one that put all the slides together so they're perfect, so she knew the content. And we just agreed that um, there are a lot of special guests that we'll have on heading into 2020, but this is probably a series that people need to hear talk about and help them. I mean, the whole goal of our podcast is to try to give you some insights you don't know, or you know some of them, but you don't know how to apply them or what it really means and what how it's really affecting you. So you can actually look at yourself, assess and make better choices. Right. Yeah. And, gener- and, ge- and generate conversation, right? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And, and frankly, I mean, in the United States, we're in a pressure cooker. And a pressure cooker comes from all aspects of it. And we always say, well, you know, what's going on? I'm stressed out. I don't have any idea what that means. Absolutely no idea whatsoever. In fact, I think what's um, important for us to talk about is just simply how many people go to their family doc on a, on a you know, whenever they go in. And we know that seven, between 77 and 73 percent of the reasons they come are psychological and physical pains that are related to stress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but when you talk thing, about that, that's three, three quarters of every visit. But the question is, do the doctors think about it in that way? They, right? no. <laughs> uh, well, uh, some do. Some do. I, I yeah. can't say that. You know, you've met some, I've met some, uh, they really get the idea that, okay, you've been back the fourth time since your mom died uh, and you're struggling with illness or fr- frequent pains. They, they are starting to tie that together. And then they think <clears throat> they jump to, oh, you must be depressed. And unfortunately, it has to be this, um, gee, I need to hang this on your forehead that you now have this condition so that I can give you the magical pill. And I think that's where we're running into problems. And I think the majority of the public are going, you know, I just don't want a blue pill and a yellow pill and a pink pill unless, hey, and I'm the first to say, if you need the pink pill, I want you to have the pink pill. But then now what are we going to do about it? Right. So if three quarters are going in for that, and this is more adult related things, it's not because your kid has a sniffle and six, six years old and you say, listen, it's just because you're stressed out. You got this sniffle. Yeah. It can't be you're sick and stuff like that. That makes a big difference. OK, so I think when we talk about stress, we, we really talk about chronic anxiety, depression, chronic pain, uh, fatigue. I mean, if you just take those. Um, that it might feels like be. 95% of the population, right? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. And exactly on, an, right. on any given day too, right? Like some days you might be fine. Some days you might, or seasons, you might end up being fatigued or whatnot. And that's, yeah. 
it's, I don't know that I, we always think about that as related to stress as much as, oh, I just, I worked too much or I didn't get enough sleep last night or whatever. Well, and we can talk about that. Uh, just the idea of what gets us into a point where the stress accumulates to a point that it becomes overwhelming. You don't know what to do. <clears throat> and then what do you do? First of all, you identify it. So how do we set up patterns? If you were going to say to the audience, you've went through a lot of things in your life, three or four patterns that you have changed on a permanent basis that you know now you're doing that you didn't do before. And that's not roller derby crushing people, okay? But okay. But that's a really good stress reliever actually. But it, uh, yeah. I nailed that girl. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, um, but what things will you now know? I'll, I'll never go back to that pattern. Well, I wish I could say there's things that I will definitely never go back to because what I find is chocolate when I – cookies are off. When, you know, <laughs> I always go back to chocolate chip cookies. you got to have some chocolate yeah, chip yeah, cookies. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. No, I mean I think for me it's – has been mostly around trying to find like quiet time or what people would call silence or stillness or right, which means to me, which means no tech, um, you know, not working, not, and it doesn't also mean necessarily, oh, I sit on the deck and I meditate because I'm, I suck at that. Um, but I'm, I'm working on it because seeing the value of being quote unquote unplugged as part of self-care and not as a like last ditch effort of self-care, like, oh, I need to take care of myself because, oh my gosh, I'm crashing. And so like today, this one day out of the entire month, I'm going to sit on the deck for 10 minutes. Sure. More like, okay, every day, what am I doing for self-care? How am I separating myself from technology, from just the flow of the busyness of life um, and stepping back? And even if it's not specifically like saying, oh, I'm going to meditate on this phrase or whatever. It's literally just, I'm sitting on the deck with a cup of tea and watching the birds and then letting my brain go back and forth on like, why are you sitting out here? Why are you wasting time? Like you could be, you could be doing the laundry, you could be working and just being like, nope, I'm going to take the thought and I'm going to put it aside and I'm going to enjoy this moment. Right. That's hard to stop. Uh, it's very I, hard I to mean, stop. I mean, I used to feel guilty. I was like, I still do. I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, because it feels very unproductive, bum. right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And most people are pretty hard workers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. But it's super productive in terms of, I think, rebuilding your mind and your spirit and your body. Peace. And and we're just not used to that because I think it also sometimes takes some time to see the effect of it, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I take an aspirin and my headache goes away within an hour. Well, you might like take quiet time for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour and kind of be like, uh, I might be more stressed now than I was before because I got an hour less stuff done in the day. But but building your life around those disciplines, Absolutely. you can start to then see the positive effect of that. 100%. Well, and and really, you were talking about unplugged and everything else. And we talk about then children, uh, specifically children heading to the teens. <clears throat> and we see the suicide rate. And we're, we're losing our generation because of these uh, tools of communication. And, you know, I... Uh, putting all this together uh, last year, took it eight months to put everything together. <clears throat> One of the things I realized is, well, why is suicide so much worse than everything else? And there's not just one thing. There, There, there is no such thing as one thing. But <clears throat> I always thought, and I, and I fell for it, um, not so much when my boys were there because they were older, but when my daughter came along, <clears throat> it was at that era that if you don't give her a cell phone so you can find her, you're a bad parent. Right. And I fell for it. <clears throat> it's connectivity. It's you know where she's at. What I didn't think about is what I really did is I handed her this plastic tool to track her and make sure she's okay. 
Now, never before in the world's occurrence did we ever have to have that. We had other safety methods, and and we had l- less injuries and less problems when we didn't have them, frankly, in those areas. <clears throat> but let's say that we did something else. Let's see if we do this as a parent. We take our kid every day for about two and a half hours. We drop them off to anywhere from 100 to 1,000 people that are standing inside of a a gymnasium. We're going to set our kid right in the middle, and she's going to send out – she's going to talk about some text, email, something that she feels – that's important, and she's going to say something, and then we're going to let a hundred to a thousand people just attack her for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, write nasty things. Oh my gosh, you're fat. You're this, and your tone is this, and that's that's just idiotic. And we're just going to let her hammer get hammered seven days a week, two and a half hours. Go pick her up and say, "Well, how was your day, honey? Why would we do that?" But that's what we've done, mm-hmm. and it's so unfair and it's so un- overwhelming. <clears throat> I don't think parents ever think about it. I think parents think about it, but I think there's the pressure of, but everybody else does it, right? So I talk, I don't have children, but I had obviously talked to a lot of my friends that do. And this idea of their kids coming home and saying, well, everybody else in class has that. Everybody else does that. And it takes, and a, look certain, what's happening. It takes a certain kind of parent and person to say, you know, I understand that that's maybe the way society functions as a norm, but we're going to like swim against that stream. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And, and kids don't necessarily understand that. And sometimes even parents don't necessarily understand that. Um, and then, yeah, then the kids start to sneak around and they figure out how to get around those bar- barriers and it becomes sort of a constant. Who's you know, teaching struggle. them how to do that? I mean, honest to God, that's so stressful. <laughs> it's stressful. <laughs> so let's talk about stress and life stress. And most of the people are going to listen to this aren't going to be the teenagers. It's going to be the, uh, the adults. I don't know. We're pretty hip. Yeah. We might get some teenagers. I, I, I don't know if my, my kids would say I'm hip, but I'm cool. Okay, how's that? I'm not, I'm not hip, but I'm cool. But let's just I talk see. about some of the classics, job stresses. Okay. If you're going to say number one and two, job stress, um, what is it? <laughs> that I have to work? I know that I actually <laughs> have, have to, to no. do it. Um, I think that things are – they feel faster now. Mm-hmm. And so the – I mean, right? You can go on Amazon and you can get something delivered to your house the same day potentially. Amazing. And so when you're working Amazing. in business – there that that sort of immediate gratification that like I've got to get this thing done. I have to have somebody help me get this thing done. So you're going to help me, and I don't care what else you're doing. You need to drop what you're doing, and because on crisis, my get right crisis time. Yeah, so that that's and every day's res- crisis. Yeah, that speed of responding I think is mm-hmm. one big stress, and then I think just because what happens if you don't? Well, it's a really good question because a lot of times what I've found <clears> is it doesn't. It's not a crisis, right? And so you know. I'm in consulting, right? So we hustle all the time. And then you find out you hustle and then you turn around and you give something to a client and, you know, 30 days goes by and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I got really busy. I didn't get a chance to look at it. I'm like, okay, well, it was an emergency 30 so days ago. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, setting boundaries and trying to better understand like what is driving this need. There are definitely things that are crisis communications mm-hmm. and problems and mm-hmm. things. And then there are things that are, they feel like a crisis because they're top of mind at the moment, but they're not necessarily going to be easily fixed or need to be actioned on right so now. So qualification questions. Is this right. really a crisis? Is there a crisis for me? Right. Some people, if it's on the plate, I've got to do it because I'm a failure if I don't. Right. Which gets into things we're going to be covering over the next few programs 
that I think if you can stick with us and and learn about it, it will change how you view mm -hmm. everything you do in your life. And right now we need a lot of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so qualification questions. So I call you and say, I think it's a crisis. And maybe it's, maybe, <laughs> maybe, and I do that I said, pretty much every night know, at seven like, o'clock. It's a crisis. Mm -hmm. So do this. Mm -hmm. and, and you say, yeah, I'll get to it Monday. Um, right. Stop bugging me. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> she would never, she would never. <laughs> much. Much. Um, Sometimes. Better boundaries. But. Jobs, they have assessed jobs and they've uh, found out that people who hate their job, it almost destroys their quality of life. Mm -hmm. Now, well, when you think about how many hours you spend at your job, I mean, that mm -hmm. makes sense, right? And heart, then the amount heart of attacks energy. before noon on Monday, the highest of the entire week. So if you get through mm -hmm. the first four hours of Monday morning, <laughs> you're going to make it the rest you're of the week. Pretty much you're set on the heart attack part. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? It's like, Go to work, have a heart attack. Go on the way to work, have a yeah. heart attack. And night before, have a heart attack, right? Nice. Uh, that tells you something, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's... So that's that comes back to your point. Is it a crisis? Is it not? Mm -hmm. Qualification questions. Yeah. Once well, we know like, those. It's not getting caught up in the whirlwind, right? I mean, it's like being able to separate yourself from and your identity from mm -hmm. the performance of what needs to be done, but also be responsive. I mean, right? Like, I mean, you want to keep your job. You want to, you want your, your boss to be happy, your customers to be happy, whatever. So there is a certain balance of like, you got to get this done. But I think sometimes we set ourselves up with our own traps about like, well, I can get this done really fast. And then mm -hmm. I've set this expectation that, oh, well, She's just really fast. So anytime I email her for something, she's always going to yeah, do it that gonna way do every it. time. She's going to do it in an hour or two hours or I'm four sorry. hours. And it just, ha you know, it's like, no, then, so there's boundaries and there's qualification questions. And then there's like communication right mm -hmm. around that to say like, oh, I, normally I wouldn't get to, you know, I wouldn't be able to get to this for another day or two, but I have a time slot right now. So I'm going to work on it and get it out to you. But don't expect that every single time. Right. Because that just escalates. So boundaries. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, we could have an entire program just on boundaries. Uh, we could have an entire master's program yeah. on boundaries. <laughs> In fact, uh, some of us some have of, a some master's are, program yeah. <laughs> on boundaries. Uh, but boundaries, um, it I think it occurs at work and it occurs personally and it occurs with That's ourselves. everywhere, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, really it's a character thing. It's about understanding what you value and then what safeguards you're setting up for yourself and the disciplines, which I mean, honestly, and I, and I say this, them. I say this because I should be doing a better job of it. Um, but awareness, I think is the first step, right? It's like, Hey, I don't like how these communications are going, or I don't like how this relationship is headed. Haven't or, you improved? I mean, I oh, think yeah, boundaries takes, in the last two, three years practice, have practice, right? Yes. And, it, and, and it takes, there's always going to be somebody to push the boundary. And it takes awareness to say like, this is something that I don't want my life to be about. Like, Absolutely. what am I going to do about it? Right. Taking, yeah. taking ownership of it. And yeah. that might mean somebody's unhappy with me, which I really hate, but at the end of the day, I want to be able to look back and say, yeah, they might have been unhappy with me, but I stuck to my core values or I, you know, had time to do this or that, which is what what I want my life to be about. Absolutely. And, and the amount of things that I have been over backwards, made myself miserable over at work or otherwise associated with boundaries that I didn't even know I never had any. <laughs> <clears throat> I exactly. didn't have really any except for, hey, don't don't knife me or shoot me or do whatever. OK, right. uh, but the point of it is I didn't really have any boundaries and that created a lot of problems because I wasn't trained to have any when I was right. younger. And, and I don't know that we are generally. It's not something that they take you aside and they teach you a class and say, like, right. No, but parents, some parents, some parents that got it. Mm -hmm. 
you start seeing it and learning it, but there's a lot that do not never have, so you don't know anything about do it. Do not never have? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a, does that mean that's they do a have? sticker or a shirt. Does that mean they do have? Because that's a double negative. Do, do not never have? Anyway, uh, that, <laughs> that we're going to uncover no. next time because that, of course, doesn't make any difference. But, um, but what we do know, stress overall creates a lot of harm to us mental, emotionally, spiritually, chemically, and our quality of life changes, right? Um, so bad and good. Why would it be bad? Why is it good? Stress. They have to have good stress. You have to have stress to physically fit, all those types of things. Right. That's not the problem. But what turns it bad and what turns it good? Give me an example of bad stress for you. Oh, geez. I wish you would have given me these questions beforehand. Why? Um, why? This is why this is so good because this is what they're listening to and thinking, well, what, what's bad stress for me? Yeah. I mean – Bad stress for me. Doing so, a podcast. Just on, uh, doing a podcast unprepared. No. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because I think about like when you work out, your heart rate goes up, you like your muscles tense, you do and like, and that's a good stress. Mm-hmm. But I think there's can be. overdo it. Yeah. But I think there can be circumstances in life where my, I have the same physiological reaction where my heart rate goes 100%. up. I can't like my breathing gets real like fast and shallow. Yep. And it's got I nothing f- to do with like, exercise. I feel like tense. And yep. a lot of it is there's a deadline coming up for yep. something that needs to be done. I'm, well, you know this about me now. Now everyone will know this about me. I'm a terrible procrastinator in a lot of ways um, for a lot of reasons. You did very well. I, I didn't know you were a procrastinator because <laughs> pro- it was always done on time. So I never really – well, right. In and, fact, Miss Baker always is, made sure it was on time and made sure everybody else was on time. So I really didn't right. see it. But, but what, you knew it. But what you don't see is the stress that goes into like, <laughs> oh, you waited until the last day. Like in, in my master's program, right? You waited until the last day to write your paper. Why That's did right. you do that? It's a good paper. Yeah. But how would you do that? Yeah. And so there's – there are physio- like I can tell physiologically, even if I'm like not m- mentally aware that I've put myself in a stressful phys- situation, my mm-hmm. body will now tell me, like uh, this is you've this is not good. <laughs> okay, so how how did you become a procrastinator? I've always been one, but you you develop it. Sure. Certain people develop a pattern of I don't want to be up against the wall. It stresses me out too much. And some people, it's like that's when I they li- perform. I was gonna say I like I've always liked it because I think that's when I perform better. Yeah. Um, but there are good disciplines that I've learned that can that can sort of mimic that, like time boxing activity, right? So instead mm-hmm. of saying, oh, this assignment or this work thing is due on Friday, so I'm going to start on it Thursday night. I can say, well, I'm going to start on it Tuesday, but I'm going to spend 40 minutes on it. And so it feels like time crunch. It's like, okay, set the timer, go. Mm -hmm. You've got 40, 45 minutes, an hour, 10 minutes, whatever. And you're going to make progress on this thing, right? So you got some of it done. And so then, oh, some of it's done on Tuesday. I've got Mm -hmm. until Friday, right? And Mm -hmm. I can finish the other half or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there are techniques that I think can help with that. But I mean, for me, it's always like – a little bit of the thrill of like, can it be done? Like the adrenaline rush of like, Sounds can like you get athle- it done? Sounds like the athletic portion coming right. out of it, And then right? part of it is I just like to, I like to gather information and I like to think on things a lot. And so it's like, well, I'm not quite ready. I'm not quite ready. Not quite ready to start because mm-hmm. there's one more thing. There's one more thing, you know, right? And then it's like, oh crap, it's due tomorrow. Well, uh, okay, I guess I have all the things that I'm going to have because there's no more time left. And now I've got to assemble them into a final product, yep. right? So you had mentioned earlier, which is kind of where we're going to probably end a lot of today and then head into the next podcast to explain a little bit further. And that is the whole purpose of this first, um, probably first two podcasts is going to be about stress. <clears throat> there's a guy named Hans Selye. I'm going to be more stressed after this? No, no, no you should be, <laughs> you'd probably be snoring after it's done with it. But, um, but, 
what we know is, and you just said it, is that there's times that I'm not running, exercising, or whatever, and doing that, but I'm still feeling the exact same symptoms. My adrenaline's up, my blood pressure's up, my pulse rate, tension, stress, nervous system is wired, my stomach's gurgling. It's all those type things. And what uh, a guy named Hans Selye that did res- research on thousands of uh, college students, because most all our research is done on college students. That's why most of them are never quite normal when they come out <laughs> if they're part of these projects. Nice. But he did some extensive research, and what he found is that any stress, if it is a stress that is intense enough, <clears throat> causes the same response in your body all over your body. Your entire body gets that response. And that's the first thing to realize is when you're working out, that's really a pretty good stress. Unless you overdo it, then you become an unhealthy stress. But going to work and working with a bad boss or a boss that's mean and angry or some or, or, or a cohort that's dishonest and you know they're looking, you know, trying to get you fired. It's or all being the, in the drama triangle. 100%. Or, <laughs> I mean, I, and, I, and I say this in, in all honesty, young, young ladies, I, I never went through this with my sons to this extent, but when they're fifth grade to about ninth grade, this is the trauma triangle from hell. It's awful. And I couldn't imagine those girls going to work, uh, going to school every day and being facing these other people that were mistreating them, being unkind, abusive, and otherwise, and many of you that are women and will listen to this and go, oh, my gosh, it was the worst time of my life unless you were the bully. Um, uh, and what we find is bullies later have such regrets, it creates health problems. So we literally can have health problems from that point. But Selye talks about these three phases of degeneration that ages you and causes you to age faster and they come out of that same event. So that event of I burn myself in the sun, comparison to the bad boss, comparison to what you went through at school, comparison to overworking out, same response occurring throughout the body. So exactly what you just said is it's probably not supposed to happen that way, but it does. Mm -hmm. And we react exactly the same way. And when we come back on the next podcast, we'll actually at least highlight what areas of your body are like that because you'll go, Oh, and we've already hit several of them. So I think that will be interesting and, and relatively important, and, and we'll make sure that you explain every detail. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so we'll leave it there, and we'll come back Perfect. to stress two, I guess we call stress it. Stress two. Yeah, if we ever get to like stress program. 22, stress I'm 26. I'm already stressed that there's a two, so <laughs> there I think is we two. should. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be easy. Oh, it's it's going to be easy. So we'll look for you next time and make sure that you join us uh, on the uh, Humarian Health Podcast. And because I'm one of my stress relievers is being able to say that term without mumbling. (laughs) And it's a good day when you can say Humarian Health Podcast without mumbling. (laughs) That's a tease. Okay. Uh, So we'll look for you next time. Thanks for joining us. Um, Let let everyone know that these are going to be a series heading into next year that we think truly will benefit your life when you understand what you're responding, how you're responding. It's a natural response. It's also uncontrollable response. And that should help you build a, how do I recover from that? Yep. Perfect. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger. Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts. For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com.